I'm Kyle Sparrow, the Eagle of the New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. We have made it to week one. The Free Jacks are playing New Orleans Fool's Gold this Friday evening. Can you believe it? It's been a long and arduous offseason, but we are finally there, Rangers. Everybody, give yourself a round of applause. We are at the finish line. Welcome to week one. Your New England Free Jacks are taking on the New Orleans Fool's Gold, and we've got a very, very exciting jam-packed episode episode 65 we are calling this one fool's gold in this episode there is a preseason chat with our boy ben lesage a brand new center coming over from the defunct la team a huge marquee pickup for the free jacks in the offseason from there diamond dave and i break down the backs roster and give our position grades for this year's 2023 new england free jacks backs squad we have a great conversation with our new Orleans correspondent Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt from the Rugby Rant and also he's got his own podcast now guys it is the New Orleans fan podcast the Gold Digger podcast so make sure you check that out finally Dave and I the Outriders we discuss the New Orleans preview prior to the game this episode is full of week one content really appreciate all the Rangers that continue to ride along with us let's hit that theme music and get right into it welcome to MLR 20 2023 huzzah Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined, as always, with Dave McVeigh. we got a very, very special guest this time around. This is the second of three interviews that we have back-to-back-to-back. This is Ben Lesage. He is a brand-new Free Jack coming over from the defunct L.A. team. Ben, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, guys. Phil, Dave, thanks for having me on the show. Happy to be here. Happy, So glad that you're able to join us. Uh, let's get right into the questions. First question here, where are you from, my friend? I'm from Calgary, Alberta, and, and as everyone knows by now, probably Canada. I've joined yes. a, a long list of, of Canadians making the journey south over and end east to Boston, mm-hmm. um, but grew up born and raised in, in Calgary, Alberta. That's awesome. Are you a pro wrestling fan at all? Not, I can't say I'm huge into pro wrestling. Okay. Um, so, but, uh, but no. <laughs> I, I, I was growing up and there was a couple of guys that came from around that area that would always say Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and they would draw it out for some, whatever reason yeah. that always stuck with me. Um, have you ever been to the Calgary stampede, which is pretty famous around those parts? Absolutely. It was, uh, I grew up going every year and, and actually this year I was able to make it this past summer. So um, that was my first time after missing it after after usually having rugby that conflicts has been the challenge the past few years. So sure. I was able to make it there this summer and is 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 a blast as good as I remembered. That's awesome. I'm a country music fan, specifically like old country or, or guys that embrace that old country sure. style. And and one of the the one of my favorites right now is Coulter Wall. And he mentions I think he has a, call, a song specifically about the Calgary Stampede. Um, next question here is uh, what is your origin story with rugby? Uh, did you start with hockey first? I uh, definitely started with hockey earlier. I think skating is, is just after I could walk. 
Um, but I got into rugby relatively early for, for, I guess, North American standards. My grandpa was sort of a, a school teacher. He's a math teacher in, in Ontario and Canada and ended up playing and coaching um, a rugby team and helped found a rugby club in, in Ontario. And so my dad started playing when, when he was sort of like underage. And, and so my dad sort of in turn got me started relatively young. I think I was eight or nine when I first started playing U10s, U12s, throwing a ball around. So uh, relatively early compared to, I know I know many other North Americans, that's not, mm-hmm. not the same case. Exactly. I think from our generation, Dave and I, it's, it's mainly college that you find it. So that's pretty cool that you were able to, to get involved so early on. Um, let's yeah. talk about your adjust, adjustment to Boston, the Boston area, and also your impressions of New England in general. Sure. Well, I, to be honest, I think it's been a, a really smooth, easy transition. I think it starts with the, the free jacks and the organization, you know, just showing up day one and, and having everything logistical that that uh, I needed sorted was was sort of a nice to, to take those headaches out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously having some familiar faces on the team, both having played with a few guys, whether it's in Canada with their pre- previous teams or having gone up against them a number of times in the league, like, I think that helped a little bit, just the first couple of weeks settling in. Um, and then finally, just the, the city's been great. You know, um, I've had a few days off to, to try and explore Boston. It seems like there's different flavors all throughout the city, depending on what you're looking for. Yep. The weather actually reminds me a little bit of Calgary, where it's it's cold, but the blue skies and, and the sun's out makes up for, for any of that. And I'll take that over sort of a rainy day, any day of the week. Um, so I haven't, haven't had an issue with, with the temperature or anything of those sorts. And, and yeah, I've just been enjoying sort of exploring the different parts of the city. We're here in Dorchester. So getting to know Dorchester a little bit as well. And, uh, it's been great. So enjoying the, the East coast, uh, so far. That's great. Happy to hear that for sure. I'm, I'm so glad that that transition has gone well. You know, I know TK and, and the brain trust there, they put a lot of bandwidth in making sure that that transition is easy for guys and, 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 and the fans have a little bit to play with that as well, especially this year. We've tried to help you guys out a little bit with uh, yeah. with expenses and stuff like that. But uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, I'm talking about TK here. My next question involves him. TK had, TK had mentioned that he had tried to recruit you to the Jacks about three or four years ago. What recruitment pitches was he throwing at you back in the day? Well, that is absolutely true. And, and yeah, it's, it's interesting and funny to see how, how the team has evolved and has how TK has obviously grown into his role and all those sorts of things. I mean, I think the first time I, I was pretty adamant back in 2019 that I wasn't going to play an MLR season that year and I was just going to finish my university and mm-hmm. get that out of the way before the World Cup. Um, but I knew that my, my goal was sort of after the World Cup there with Canada, I wanted to be playing rugby full time. And so I was talking to a, a couple teams The Toronto was sort of the obvious route just based on Canadians and being in Canada, all those sorts of things. Um, but I think I think Josh was there at the time as well. And so Larson sort of made the introduction and said, hey, I'm talking to this team, brand new team that's going to pop up in Boston. Like everything sounds pretty positive so far. Like it, it could be worth a chat. So I was sort of exploring my first foray into professional rugby at the same time as sort of figuring out um, where I wanted to play and, and getting the pitch. And, and again, at, at the time, TK's pitch was very much, hey, this is what we what the vision is, but nothing actually existed at that time, right? So it was, right. I think he did a good job pitching and <laughs> I gave it some serious consideration and obviously ended up going to Toronto. But um, but yeah, it was it's sort of like we, we left things on, on really good terms there and he was someone that, I could sort of said I could see sort of like 
working with in the future and mm-hmm. and we sort of rekindled those conversations i guess this year and and it was it was meant to be at, at some point in one point or another so happy happy to be here and for it to, to have all come full circle absolutely we're super happy to have you here for sure um you know it's, it's great that it worked out in the end i'm so glad that he, he planted those seeds i guess back in the day and then it was able to come yeah. to fruition this time around um we saw some dispersal draftees that did not sign with the club that they you know had the rights picked up by in the draft instead yeah. they chose to opt out and sign with other clubs why did you stick with the jacks you could have went anywhere ben like I think it, I, I probably I think I mentioned it sort of on, on the media day and sort of the the impromptu sort of discussion. But I think for me the fall like there were so many conversations and uncertainty surrounding the LA situation that sort of dragged on for a while, even into sort of October. It really was up until they announced that dispersal draft. There was probably some hope or some. Um, belief left that maybe LA could be resurrected and there would be a team mm-hmm. there. And with, we had, we had a competition down in South America in October and we had a couple of test matches in November. And for me, I was just trying to stay focused like on the rugby at hand and not sort of mm-hmm. think about too big picture. And so I, I sort of knew in my back pocket that if there was a team I wanted to go to, it probably was the free Jacks. And it was just a matter of whether, whether there was another team to go to. So I think, I, I think I just probably got lucky that I was drafted to a team that 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 was the ultimate landing spot if i had ended up drafting somewhere else i don't want to obviously predict the past or change but mm-hmm. maybe there's a there's a scenario where i would have sort of tried to move things around and end up here eventually sort of uh by way of w- whatever other method that, that guys were taking so anyways it was it was an interesting process i think it's something funny to look back on maybe post rugby career and be like you know what, I was in, involved with a draft. Most most rugby players can't say they were, and it's right. kind of a funny couple weeks involved with that. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, it all worked out in the end and, and thrilled to be here. It's music to our ears, I think. You know, we, we sing the praises of this organization so much, and, and we know truly that from the top down, it's, it's, it's a fantastic organization. And so to ha- have guys such as yourself that are just marquee signings anywhere that they would have gone in MLR – to say, you know, what we're kind of talking about and you wanting to be here is really, really awesome. So that's that's really cool to hear. I wanted to ask, because I think you were the captain of L.A. last season. Do you see yourself as part of the leadership uh, group in the locker room here? And what is your impressions of Captain Josh Larson's leadership abilities? Yeah, well, I, I wasn't captain of L.A. last year. Like, officially, that was Dave Dennis, but I was part of, like, the leadership team there and ended okay. up filling in, I guess, when he got pulled off the field and this or that. But Right. But regardless, I think sort of I'm, I'm comfortable in a leadership role and, and sort of came into the free jacks. And, and I think for me, it was important, obviously, early on, like you don't want to rock the boat, right? Like you show up to a new team in a new environment. And I think there's a feeling out process where you have to understand sort of where you fit in. And, and I think there's a ton of really experienced players here, guys who have played for the free jacks for a number of years. Um, and so I've just sort of like, been figuring out their leadership style and how I can mesh into that. And I think hopefully I can bring sort of like a, a senior or more experienced voice just based on some of some of my rugby experiences over the past few years. And mm-hmm. and I think slowly again, as I sort of earn the the respect and the trust of, of my, uh, my teammates, that, that sort of voice can, can increase and, and carry a little bit more weight maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like there's a, a lack of leadership or a, a hole that needs to be filled, right? Like right. Josh does a really great job um, sort of balancing like 
all the all the duties of a captain. I think he's like I said, highly respected. He does all the little things well. He 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 cares about sort of the human beings first before the rugby players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's really commendable. And and like in the Canada environment, Josh is, is almost like he's a part of that leadership there too. And so um, I have a ton of experience sort of like working with Josh, and he sort of like feeds in and gives feedback and sort of those micro conversations pre and post training. Um, so I'm just trying to flip the roles and, and be sort of whatever support he needs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a great group of guys and, and, and Josh is doing a great job leading, leading from the front. Absolutely. We love Josh on this show. He's, you know, uh, we're a big fan of his, uh, absolutely. You know, free Jack number one. Um, so really excited to have you here. As I was saying, you're one of the marquee signings for the Jacks this off season. Do you feel that pressure to perform coming into such an ambitious club with high expectations? I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll accept your praises, but I, I don't think of it like that. You know, I, I think I'm coming into a team that finished top of the table last year and who is sort of like the, the core of the, of the team returning. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's like they were missing any like large gaps that needed to be filled. And, and I mean, for me personally, I'm coming back in, into a midfield where the, the, the starters from last year are both returning, right? So mm-hmm. I think for me, it's, it's less about sort of like pressure on myself or sort of like shoes that I need to fill, but how can I sort of increase competition on a daily basis? I think it's really good for myself and my rugby game to, to know that like there's such depth at, at the center position and across sort of like the whole team, to be honest, that you can't take a practice off. You can't take a week off your mm-hmm. st- starting Jersey or whatever Jersey you're wearing each week can't be taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my hope is just by sort of being another competent player in the locker room who, who's, who's competitive and, and uh, bring some energy to practice that hopefully like can raise the bar across the whole position group and the whole back line and the whole team in that sense. And so, so that's just what I've tried to do so far, I think is just show up and work hard and um, set good, set good examples and good standards. And, and, um, and yeah, I've got, gone along really well, like I said, with the rest of the midfielders and, and everyone else there. And, and I think hopefully it'll, it'll benefit the, all of us that, game days will be easy because we've been going up against each other all all week in practice. For sure. It's one of those things that we talk about in our Outriders chat is just the wealth that the Free Jacks have in the center position or just really all across the back line and then certain position in the forwards too. It's pretty crazy uh, how well we are stacked in certain areas. So uh, my my feeling is like, oh, man, I hope everybody is happy in the locker room. I mean, obviously everybody wants to start. Not everybody can. So I just hope the locker room uh, chemistry will be all set and everything like that. We know that the culture is developed and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just really excited to see what uh, how it all shakes out in the end here. I got two more questions yeah. for you, Ben, and then I'll let uh, Dave take over. Um, yeah. I'm going to be making the trip out to Houston, not with you guys specifically on that plane, but I'll be I'll be joining up with you at some point. Any recommendations for the long flight for a nervous flyer like myself? <laughs> nervous flyer? Oh, yeah. Um, well, the the first thing that I'll say is like shout out to our, our chief sponsor, I guess Delta. I was reading in the news that as of today, maybe they've got free Wi-Fi for all, like all um, of their flights. Just that's just sort of like baked into your base fare. Now you get on nice. the plane, you get free Wi-Fi. So I don't know, don't know if you're flying Delta, but I always find like you buy the in-flight Wi-Fi, and, and time goes by a little bit quicker when you get you can get lost in, in whatever sure. you um watching so, so i don't know i've been i've been getting into um 
uh, what did I just watch? I watched White Lotus. That, I binged that sort of like over my travel. Okay. Um, sort of like late December and then into Boston in the, the, in the new year. I feel like I hadn't heard of it at all, sort of pre-December. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I, I couldn't sort of like open Twitter or have any conversation where White Lotus wasn't coming up. So it, right uh, it was a solid show and I think bingeable. It's only like six episodes a season or something. So bingeable on, on a flight there and back maybe. Excellent recommendations. I haven't seen it yet, but I keep hearing about it. I, I don't know anything about the yeah. plot. I keep hearing that people watch it and, and they enjoy it. So that's actually a really, really good recommendation. I appreciate that. Last there one you for you here for me is the Dorchester Room is a great follow on Instagram. Who is the next up in the cooking rotation? I'm, I'm so happy that you brought it up. And, and apparently I, I haven't, I, did, I missed the episode, but apparently Josh Larson may or may not have, have mentioned it sort of in one of his conversations with you. And, mm-hmm. and that explained, we just had an absolute flood of new followers a, a few last <laughs> yeah, week that, or whatever it was. I think that was it. And so yeah. I think, I think we, we can credit yourselves for, and, and Josh for, for the plug and the shout out there. So um, Connor Keys was up this past Sunday Okay. And Andrew's been slacking on, on posting the recap, but Connor made a nice yeah. pulled pork macaroni and cheese, oh boy. Um, which was which was really well done. Which I think means that I'm I'm next up on the, uh, the wow. Sunday menu now. Okay, there is there's we we have, unfortunately for all our passionate followers this Sunday. Obviously, the Dorchester room is closed. We'll be right. in Houston. Yes, and the following Sunday we're we're trying to make some plans because that is Super Bowl Sunday. So we're trying to decide if we'll have oh, a, a right. themed seating or whether we'll sort of have to delay it to another night of the week. So, so more details to come. But I'm up next on uh, on the 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 menu um, and and yeah, starting to brainstorm a few different ideas of, of what I'll have to whip up. What you got? I mean, what's what's the co- going through the brainstorm right now in terms of food selections? Well, I think part of it, like it obviously started like just a little bit of fun between a few roommates and, and have some of the boys over and get to know the teammates and those sorts of things. But I think part of it as well is I'm guilty of probably making the same three or four meals just on rotation. There's four that I know how to cook and so I'll buy the same ingredients from the grocery store. Sure. So Sunday we've, we've given ourselves permission. Maybe it's a day to, to leave the comfort zone in the kitchen a little bit and if, uh, if it all goes south, there won't be any judgment. So, um, so one thing I would like to, to make is either like a, a goulash or a, a, a clam chowder, like maybe like see how okay. difficult that is to make sort of like a New England clam chowder. Right. That could be a little bit, little bit rogue, but, uh, but anyways, maybe something along those lines for while it's still cold out and, and a good hearty meal would be appreciated. <laughs> all right andrew's actually in the chat right now he says ben send oh, me the pictures of connor's delicious meal please so i can post dot dot oh, there dot he goes. he's there popping go. out he's finding excuses when he's got them on his phone but that's okay i'll, I'll go knock on his door after dinner Bread all right goulash. i'm gonna go. let i'm gonna let dave take yeah. over we do have some questions in the chat we'll get to those towards the end all right sure. <laughs> excellent Ben, it's great to have you here. Uh, you talked already a little bit about competition um, within the team. And I know one thing that the Free Jacks do, like uh, other teams as well, is use many teams and competition throughout the training day and training week um, to kind of alleviate some of the slog. It's a long season if you don't have something to kind of keep the positivity and the energy going. Um, sure. And also just to give kind of an outlet for that uh, competitiveness that everybody is feeling. So what mini team have you ended up on and how are you guys doing? What's uh, give us a mini team update. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I'm proud to be uh, a member of Bucks of America. Um, so that's, uh, there's a lot of Canadians filtered in. Foster DeWitt's our, our team captain. Our color is orange. I think Josh Larson, Isaac Olson. There's a few Canadians already sprinkled on the team. So I was, I was third, picked third in, in the uh, mini team draft this year. So operating with a bit, a bit of a chip on my shoulder, but, uh, <laughs> but just kidding. So we, we've had, we've had a really good start to the season, to be honest. We, I think we're in first place at the moment. Um, and like you said, free jacks have a ton of fun with it. I've, I've done many teams to some capacity in a different, few different environments, but this has been sort of like taken to a whole nother level and, and really makes it a ton of fun. So, so today it's pre it's been preseason. So the bulk of the mini team points and competitions have been sort of fitness based. So sort of most of the competitions aren't, aren't the most fun, but we've got a really fit team. Uh, Mitch Jacobson joined the bucks this year as well. Uh, Regan O'Gorman's a freak in the gym. Uh, so there's a, there's a ton of, uh, of boys and, and we've been doing really well so far. So we've been crushing it and hopefully can, can keep that spot for, for the year, but it's a long year ahead. So, so we'll see. Excellent. Um, we got to come to one of the Energizer breakfasts last year. We got an invite, which was just a really cool opportunity. And we sure. witnessed Eric DeYager housing a piece of toast with, I think it was Marmite, might have been Vegemite, but it was one of the two, some foul mm. Australian spread. And he just destroyed it. It was incredible. It did, did not phase him at all. Um, I don't know. He's got that South African constitution, I guess. So what? Yeah. But everybody else was gagging. That's what, you know, like three three guys just not even able to finish a bite. Eric DeYager just yeah. houses the whole thing. So what's been any any horrible challenges so far or really just the gym stuff you were already talking about? Not, I think that really the only competitions have been either sort of like terminology quizzes. So obviously yeah. there's sort of like a new playbook and new vocabulary. So Sort of, there's been quizzes and, and different stuff associated with that, so with some points up for grab. Um, but really, the bulk of it's been been the the mini team conditioning. So it uh, I've probably spent too much time on the assault bike. So the, this, the assault <laughs> bike is maybe sort of uh, giving me the scaries a little bit for the rest of uh, for the next couple of weeks at least. So I'd say uh, the assault bike over anything. I would eat, I would eat a piece of toast of with Vegemite or whatever you wanted to put on it before. Uh, <laughs> another session with George on the assault bike. So anyways, it's been, it's been good. Um, and, and hopefully that's where our competitions evolve to, and they're not all, uh, um, conditioning, but it's been good. That's what, yeah. what we've needed. So it's been, been fun. <clears throat> yeah, I think if, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I think it'll get weird. So buckle up. Yeah. Um, yeah. from what we saw, it, it definitely gets, you know, more fun and, and more goofy a little bit at, at times as the season Amazing. goes on. Um, Thinking back on last year, looking at the LA team from the outside, it seemed like it was also a pretty fun, but also just from some of the characters seemed like really intense guys. Um, so kind of a mixture of, of an intense environment. And I mean, I think about like the mini bikes and all the goofy stuff too. Is that mm. accurate? And what will you miss and not miss about life in LA? Yeah, um, I think it was accurate. Like, like you said, there's a lot of really highly respected names sort of like from across the, the rugby universe coming from different corners of the world and into one place. There's the, the Aussies who, um, both on the coaching staff, like for me personally, it was really um, incredible to, to sort of work underneath Adam Ashley Cooper for, for a season, right? He, he was the back mm -hmm. coach and the attack coach. Um, so to have someone who was sort of like, was was one of the best for a long period of time at, at your position 
um, just to sort of try and pick his brain as much as possible and spend some time with him was awesome. Matt Ghetto obviously wasn't able to to suit up last year, but he was very intense and sort of set the standards and, and um, um, yeah, just like brought brought in a, a good intensity and, and level of expectations to training um, and, and to the environment. Dave Dennis was an incredible captain. Like, again, I think it's for me, it's, it's been instructive and, and only helped me personally and as a rugby player to, to sort of jump around from the different environments and see different dynamics of high-performing teams, right? And Dave Dennis is captain super rugby teams. He's captain premiership teams. He's won at sort of all different levels. Um, so just see how he sort of commands a room and leads a team was was really a, a good educational opportunity for me. And, and even as someone, like I said, maybe middle of my career now, not early in my career, even though I like to still, it still feels like I am um, to be able to learn from someone who's, who's sort of gone through all that. So I think there's tons of characters, but everyone was pretty lighthearted. Like it was sort of like you cross that white line at, at practice and, and things turned on and everyone was pretty intense. But everyone, and I think Aussies in general, that's just their nature, are pretty laid back, like to have fun um, and, and enjoy each other's company. So it was it was a really good group. Honestly, I got along with a, t- a ton of them, made some really good friends that, that I'm still in touch with even now. Um, I think obviously maybe what I'll, I'll miss is, is sort of the, you can point to the weather and, and sort of the <laughs> ideal training conditions on a daily basis. But at the same time, it did, coming out of it, it, it almost feels like you're in a, a simulation just waking up every day groundhog day it's just perfect skies blue skies no traffic in hermosa beach like it's almost didn't feel like reality so it's nice to uh to sort of get the seasons again and then go through those cycles so but anyways it was, it was an you know it was an awesome year but uh but yeah it was it was good that's cool um does billy meeks ever smile <laughs> Is absolutely he, in- he does yeah I think he's a, he's a bit of a jokester as well. He picks his moments, um, but but he he's actually he was incredibly welcoming. Again, like I think you can see his social media stuff, or even just how he carries himself on the field, and, and like such an incredible, like really world class player. Um, but I I remember like the first time I met Billy and walked into the locker room, I was like, what's this dynamic going to be again? This is like potentially my competition, a center on the team, and he was like incredibly like welcoming and and. Of like really friendly and, and and sort of was one of the chief, chief like leaders in LA around that like we didn't have many teams in LA but around the social aspect and, and making sure that guys were sort of getting time together and, and making sure that there was events and, and different things going on to, to bring guys together so he was he was really the leader there on that I'm sure he'll, he'll sort of run a similar role in Chicago just because he was so good at it um, and yeah he's, he's a great guy excellent um, you mentioned how early you started playing around eight or nine years old, which is pretty awesome. Have you always been yeah. a center or did you start somewhere else? How long did it take you to get there? If not? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I, I started off actually at like at fly half, but that was more so because again, because I felt like I had a bit of a head start on, on mm-hmm. all my peers sort of through the underage group. I was the only one who could throw a spin pass for a while. I can't kick now, but at the time, I, like I was the only person that could relatively kick a ball, and so I was just naturally slotted into a fly half, just someone who's going to touch the ball in the most amount of times and try and drive things around. But I think once I hit sort of U fourteen, U sixteen, 
the the true fly half started surpassing me a little bit and and I sort of settled in into the center position and finally actually I think in high school maybe junior when you're sort of 15 14 15 that's when they introduce flankers before then it's it's sort of 13 aside rugby at least it was in, in Canada where I grew up and there's no flankers on the scrums and okay. so the, as soon as they were introduced flankers, I was all excited and I was asking my coach to, to be a flanker just because it was this new position that no one knew anything about. And um, he, he denied that again. It was sort of similar. <laughs> you, you have to play fly half because no one else knows how to at the moment. But in hindsight, I'm incredibly thankful for, uh, for that coach to uh, have kept me in the back line and, and seeing the forwards scrum him all, all day. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely think he, uh, he did me some favor, so I owe him one. Yeah. Kept your ears intact, at least. If nothing else, you can exactly. thank you for that. Yeah. Um, thinking about the position of center, uh, I th- you you play outside center more than inside. Is that correct? Or have uh, lately? Rec- yeah, recently it's been yeah. sort of primarily outside center, yeah. Um, is, is the skill set and role of those two positions f- substantially different in your head or – pretty similar but just differences in like the micro assignment on like what we're doing at this moment like where i am and what play we're calling how fluid do you just generally not you know for you specifically so much is the ability for players to slot in between those two positions yeah it's it's a good question it's it's something like something i've thought about a little bit as well because i think as a center and, and just like as a rugby player you don't want to as much as you you sort of like hone in on one position, I think having the ability to play multiple positions and have some sort of versatility is an asset, right? As you try and go between different teams or start crack different rosters as you move up and down. And so um, I think, I think you sort of touched on it. I don't think there's massive differences in terms of sort of like body build or physique or fundamental skills that prevent one from playing another, but I do think you get in a bit of a rhythm and build sort of these micro habits around assignments and roles and spots on the field that you're supposed to be two and one. And it would probably take, I don't know, a week or two of practice, of like practice just to just sort of flip that. And so I think the major difference is, is at 12, most things are a straight line, right? Like you're, you're carrying into defensive walls. So you're going into the head on collisions and then defensively it's the reverse. You've got sort of, back rows and, and 12s running down at you. And so you're making front on tackles 13. I think you're, you're more moving laterally, right? You're sort of protecting the edges of the field and making sure that, that the team doesn't get beat out wide. So you're, a lot of the, the angles that you're taking are slightly different or 45s and you're maybe tackling lower and chop tackles to the side. So, so yeah, I think it's really interchangeable sort of based on the person, but I think, like at the, the the higher level you go, the more those little micro details and micro habits matter. Um, and they would like stick out if you're missing those. So I think, I think you can jump back and forth on a week to week basis, but you got to keep sort of both of those sharp and get reps on both. Um, just continue feeling comfortable at both positions. Yeah, that's fair. That's a great answer as well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> rumor from last year has it that Zach Bastris was the Puma, as we call him, was the fastest sprinter on the team. Do you think he's going to hold on to that title this year for 2023? And if not, who's going to take it from him? Well, that's interesting. I actually didn't know that, but I've been, I've been impressed by just like, again, how much of an athletic freak that Zach is in the gym and on the field and all the sorts of things that he does. 
I would say there's there's a young uh, guy that's been training with us, Willis, and Willis is like just electric. Like he just moves so quickly. So I'd say Willis might give him a run for his money. Um, I have yet to see like just like we haven't done like straight line testing, so I, I don't know. But like Taniella it seems like pretty fiery and electric and apparently he's got some sort of a track background oh. um so i think between between the two of them I, I think maybe those would be the two front runners for uh for who could give zach a run for the money but they're, they're they've got a, a tough tough man to go up against zach has been setting a lot of the records and, and sort of the jumps and the prowlers and different stuff that we've been doing in the gym so he seems to be uh reigning reigning once again impressive he's multi-talented it sounds like absolutely uh, Shifting from speed to strength, we got to talk to Joel Hintz last night and talked a little bit about his powerlifting background in addition to rugby. And then after yeah. we finished, I looked him up and did the work I should have done before the interview. He squatted 573 pounds when he was 17 years old. Have, have, wow. have you noticed? Have people noticed in the? I assume he can still lift like a monster. Like, it, does he stand out? Well, what I will say is that backs and forwards usually lift separate. Like we have different, oh. so we're usually the backs are upstairs doing like units meetings and doing sort of sort of uh, skills work, sort of either sort of on the wrestling mats or just sort of passing work while the forwards lift and vice versa. So I can't say that I've actually worked out next to Joel, but I mean, you telling me that Joel lifts heavy weight doesn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> um, I mean, just like, again, his build and... Um, and yeah, his, his nature, I'm sure he's he's one of, if not the strongest guys on the team, just in, in the squat and a few of those different things. So, uh, yeah, yeah, not surprising at all, but uh, but makes makes sense two and two add up there. Yeah, he was he was poking a little fun at himself about his mechanical advantages on the squat. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a, it's a little easier for me, kind of was the was the theme. Um, Got to embrace those. So fair enough. Yeah, play to your strengths. Um, what do you like to do to relax and have fun when you can set rugby aside for a day or an afternoon? You know, what do you do? Yeah, it's, um, I've gotten away from it a little bit, at least in, in uh, recent times. I think there was maybe a comment in the, in the chat section here about, uh, about books. I, I consider myself a somewhat of an avid reader. I do like to, uh, to pick up a book when I've got some, uh, some extra downtime on my hands. I'm, Saturday or Sunday this past weekend, I ventured up to Brookline and was like exploring that part of the city and and picked up a few new books from uh, from a, a bookstore up there. So hoping to, uh -huh. I cracked one last night actually. So we'll get back into reading a little bit. Um, so I find I find just sort of like reading and putting my feet up um, is uh, a nice way to sort of unwind before bed. That's usually when when sort of free time pops up during the season. So. Excellent. Fiction, nonfiction, what do you like? Primarily nonfiction, I would say. I'd like to sort of dabble in, in whatever. Like, I'll, I'll read anything that's a good book, but I'd say mostly nonfiction, maybe sort of investigative journalism books if I had to pick, like, a specific niche that, that I really like. But uh, but I'm a, I'm a fan of any, any good book and, and good writing. Awesome. Love that. Uh, I'm a nonfiction guy myself, so I, oh. I appreciate that. I'm a big history. Send over some recommendations so, afterwards. There yeah, yeah. I'll send. I'll send some New England history stuff. Wonderful. Um, final question. This one's very serious. Total breakdown of civilization, zombie apocalypse, societal collapse scenario. 
What is your weapon of choice in the zombie apocalypse? What are you taking with you to make sure that you survive on your way to the next town? I'm trying to I'm trying to think like uh, nowadays with like uh, all the all the new tools and technologies like I could I'm sure I could pick either like a, some sort of a machine gun or I could pick those uh, isn't it a Bo Boston Robotics isn't that the name of the company like yeah I could just have like another robot that basically can do all the actions of a human and I could send him in so maybe that's, maybe in a more a realistic answer. scenario. <laughs> I'll, I'll take an axe, but if I can, if I can say anything, I'll get a Boston Dynamics robot and, and send him in uh, as a to, to lead the, the the way for me. It's brilliant, absolutely Excellent. brilliant. Excellent. That's it for me. This has been really fun. I know Phil might have a couple more things, but uh, thank you for your time. Um, can't wait to see you out there on the field. Yeah, great stuff. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Bozo did have a question for you here. You met Bozo at Media Day. Does the Dorchester room utilize metric tools uh, when you guys are cooking? I mean, we're, we're all Canadian at the Dorchester room, so we, <laughs> we operate on, on Canadian uh, measurement systems. And if we were to uh, try and, and switch over, I think there would be some food poisoning or different disasters happening in the kitchen. So, so yes, uh, we... we uh, it's, it's as if you're coming to Canada when you enter the Dorchester room. <laughs> love that. Love that. The next one up is from, I believe, a, a, an old buddy of yours. I think he's a Canadian international as well. If you could have dinner with any three rugby le legends, past or present, who would it be and why? Um, yeah, Jamie's Jamie's a great friend of mine. He was my one of my roommates for a couple of years um, in, in Toronto, or we still keep in, in good touch. I think we're converting him to a free Jacks fan maybe this year. Love that. We have to get, see if we can get him into some free Jacks merch. But, yeah. uh, but I think, I don't know if the first few that come to mind, maybe uh, Dan Carter would be number one, just because he's someone that, that I, I looked up to growing up playing. I've, I've told a few different people lately, I think, but our, our family dog actually is named Carter. Um, just after, after Dan, we're a big rugby family. So I'd put him number one on the list. A second one, maybe just because he's so outspoken and, and a bit more of a character, like Joe Marler. I don't mm -hmm. actually know a, a ton about him, but I think he'd be, again, maybe someone interesting to, to have dinner with. Very sure entertaining, with. for sure. Yeah, That's what, that's what I mean. I think it would be uh, um, no shortage of stories to go around and, and maybe bring bring a bit of energy to, uh, to the dinner table. Um, and I'm trying to think of a, of a good third one. Maybe I'll just go Conrad Smith, like back to the all black. Someone I grew up watching play sort of mm -hmm. someone that I, I appreciate watching their, their, their way of playing the 13 position and that I look up to. Um, so yeah, maybe a balance of, of rugby idols and, and some, uh, good banter to, uh, to round up the table. I would say Richie McCall, but I believe he's actually on the Free Jacks in disguise uh, as our boy Mitch Jacobson. Um, yeah. I, we've never seen both of these people at the same room at the same time, so I'm, I'm very suspicious. But, uh, yeah, anyways, um, I wanted to say thank you for coming on here, Ben. This has been an absolute blast. You've been fantastic. You've been very gracious with your time. We're 37 minutes in. Any um, final message for the Free Jacks fans, the Rangers out there that you want to send to them? No, I, I think just just in general to yourselves and all the Rangers out there, you know, like I said, it's been it's been really smooth and easy settling into Boston and the team, partly because of, of the boys, but also sort of the the management and, and the community that exists around the uh, 
the team. So appreciate sort of everything that's been done for me so far to, to help the first uh, transition take place. And we've had a couple of trainings outside at Veterans uh, Stadium so far, and I've heard just everyone can't can't help c- contain themselves, their excitement for that first game of the year and, and the energy that the crowd brings and, and how intimate that venue becomes. So I, c- I can't wait to, for that, that first home game there and, and look forward to hopefully meeting some some more Rangers in person and, and getting to know the community. Love that, man. Uh, so with that being said, I want to say one word to exit the video here in three, two, one. Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. That intro makes me smile or laugh every single time I see it. We are joined with our New Orleans correspondent. He is Rob at the Hammer. Hammer Schmidt. Rob, how the hell are you? Yo, what's up? How are you, Phil? It's good to see you, my man. Good to see you. I'm doing great. So glad that you're able to join us here. Uh, we're at week one. I mean, we're, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, week one starts on Monday officially. You know, Friday is the game. I mean, are you excited for this uh, preseason to finally be over with and MLR 2023 to kick off? Oh, 100%. I think, <laughs> you know, most of us in, as MLR fans have been looking forward to it for months, yeah. you know, and it. I think the MLR is trying to hit their stride with yes. how they're trickling things out throughout the off season so that we always have a little bit of a taste that it's kind of like, I always say it, it's kind of like a prom dress, right? It reveals just enough to make it interesting, but sure. <laughs> not everything so that, that, so that you lose interest and, and, and look for something else. <laughs> That's a great analogy right there. Um, let's talk about the rugby rant real quick. Uh, you know, it, I'm, I think you guys are what 123 episodes in at this point. How's that going? And also tell us about the NOLA fan podcast. What's been going on lately with those? Yeah, so the rugby rant has been going along strong. I never imagined um, when we started under COVID that it would be 123 episodes and we would be, you know, kick it into gear. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just interesting how um, something as simple as that has actually drawn me in. Um, as a, you know, as a fan, but also um, has, I've gotten a lot of people just reaching out to me, you know, asking for advice or asking for, you know, mm-hmm. perspective and things like that. It's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's surreal. Um, sure. In terms of the Noel Gold podcast, um, it's going in fits and starts, you know, with uh, Rugby Rant being a main focus, uh, I can't mm-hmm. always devote the time that I want. I mean, you're killing it with Jack's Rangers kicking out episode after episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just going in fits and starts. So I'm trying to find time with that and some other things in my, you know, personal life that are going on from wrestling, coaching, wrestling and other things. So, you know, I, I get out episodes when I can, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, it's not at the top of the priorities and, you know, that's a little sure. bit unfortunate, but, um, I'm trying to make time for it because it's, it's, that's a, a labor of love, you know, Yes. no sponsorship, no, no, nothing, just, right. you know, doing it because I want to give Noah gold fans and gold diggers. Shout out to my gold diggers. Hell yeah. Um, you know, something on their boys. That's great, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing all this. I mean, obviously it's time consuming. Even doing the Jacks Rangers show, it's it's pretty time consuming. I actually had to miss a recruiting trip down in Connecticut for because I'm on my uh, university, University of South Carolina, where I went to uh, play college rugby at. I'm on the board of trustees, and I was going to go down there to do a little recruiting trip uh, down there in Connecticut, but I wasn't able to make it yesterday because I had so much to do with the show because we're kicking everything off, the preseason's ending, week one's coming around, so 
we got a lot planned. So it is time consuming for sure, but it is a labor of love. I think you described that. I can't, you know, agree more with that for sure. What we do is we have a lot of passion for the game of rugby and we want people to enjoy it as well and keep fan engagement going. So uh, I appreciate hats off to you for sure for doing what you're doing over there with uh, NOLA and also the rugby rant. Um, you were back on here. I think it was episode 54 back in December during the offseason talking about the drafted players, the departures and incoming players for New Orleans. Um, who are impact players the Rangers should be aware of for week this week one matchup? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no. um, honestly, I think the, the big one, the big one, I think this season and, and the success of the NOLA goal is going to hinge on a couple of players, but one of the biggest okay. ones is Rod, Rodney Iona, right? I think that the gold um, have, oh, you know, we, we, we had a couple of years ago, we had a pretty good 10, um, an Aussie whose name is slipping me right now, but but I'm sure it'll come back to me in two minutes. Um, mm -hmm. Last year we had another Aussie, Robbie Coleman. Last year, yes. the last two seasons, Robbie Coleman, and and Robbie's a heck of a guy, and you know he would occasionally show flashes where you're like, ah, oh, that's that's mm -hmm. special, but it was um, it wasn't enough, mm -hmm. um, and those flashes were usually with his feet and finding space. It wasn't necessarily someone like Bowden Waka who could do right. that who could use a chip kick, who could use a grubber kick, who could use a wiper kick, who could, you know, had all the tools in the arsenal uh, to be that difference maker. Um, and and so I think Rodney has that ability, of course, with international experience and Super League mm -hmm. experience. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, get, we got some help in the engine room with Liam uh, McCallum Ames, um, who should help out in the lineout, maybe give Cam some relief to be able to get some ball uh, fetch from lineouts. And then, of course, Jordan Jackson Hope, which is another guy to come in and help Damian uh, Stevens at uh, nine, in addition to helping uh, Sebastiano Villani, um, who I think will feature in some games quite frequently, uh, but to help him grow as well. So there's, you know, it's obviously that nine to ten combination is important. And I'd like to see Jordan Trainer. Um, I think he'll have an impact because we're, we're of course, missing out on Carl Myers. He's taking some time away from the game. So mm -hmm. Jordan Trainer is going to be an integral piece and that attack from the 15 position. And who can forget, you know, a guy we're going to talk about here in a minute, Dougie Fife. Um, <laughs> I think he's, yeah. you know, you know, we've, we've had some good wingers. I don't think we've had that special winger that, that, you know, just had that knack for scoring tries and Dougie can be that guy. And he can also move to the, to the centers, to the midfield. Yeah, I mean, he's a versatile back for sure. You know, mostly he played at fullback with the Free Jacks, but um, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth, but at the same time, he is a, yeah. you know, impact player for sure. I mean, just think back uh, to the 2021 season, he was scoring tries left and right for the Free Jacks. Yeah. And uh, if he can get back to that type of form, I think you guys will have a, a great player that uh, the Free Jacks will continue to be envious of that he uh, made the trip down there to NOLA. So let's talk about um, NOLA in the preseason. Uh, the Free Jacks only had one preseason game, obviously, against uh, Houston. I was down there. I got this Bucky's shirt down there in Texas. It says, don't mess with Texas on the back. I think that's hilarious. But uh, talk about NOLA Gold's preseason games and what players stood out to you. Yeah, we're in the same position that the you know the Free Jacks are in. We only had one real preseason game with the Dallas Jackals. Uh, okay. We were supposed to have another one with Houston the week prior. Mm -hmm. Got canceled because of COVID. I think it was a, a large number, 10 or 12 members in the old gold had COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose to some degree, wrestling, you know, being a wrestling coach the last three years during the COVID process and coming out of COVID, you always kind of go, you know, maybe we should have our kids get COVID early so that you don't have to worry about it when it comes time 
those important periods in the season. And, right. and I'd almost, you know, almost say, Hey, just get up in preseason. And we don't, you know, and then we don't have to worry about it for the rest of the season, missing out mm-hmm. players because of COVID. So, um, you know, unfortunately didn't get that Houston match in, but you know, 49, uh, sorry, 46, uh, 19 scoreline with the Jackals hard to tell with the Jackals. I mean, they're, they're, right. you know, that's a, it, um, Obviously, 0-16 last season, but the, mm-hmm. we know that they're much improved. They brought in new management. They brought in new yes. ownership. They brought in, you know, new coaching. They brought in a lot of players. I mean, they're the, um, you know, the uh, Los Pumas north north of the border. That's right. Uh, so um, it's hard to tell how they're going to go. Um, and I think that's pretty much can be said for all teams this season in the preseason. But I think sure. it's particularly true with Dallas because, you know, they, they just didn't have a very good season last year mm-hmm. uh, and struggled with, you know, with coaching and struggled with, you know, players being out because of, you know, that, that catastrophic injury to many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 46 to 19, you know, a couple of players uh, um, that featured, well, first of all, we had seven players that, that scored tries, which you, you know, you, you like to see because that means Not there's bad. some distri- dis- distribution. You know, yeah. um, in a lot of different ways to score from forwards to backs. Um, Tom Florence, uh, a Kiwi that's been brought over to play in the back line, or sorry, in the back row, excuse me, um, scored two tries. So you got to like that um, when you bring in a guy, an impact player that, you, that you're going to be paying foreign player money to, yeah. um, to, to do something. And he, and he shows out, um, you know, in that preseason. Let's ho- hope he can do that. Um, you know, uh, talked to Cam Dolan a little bit. He said, you know, Tom brings a consistency in play. And I think, you know, that's one of the things you want from your from your back row. Um, mm-hmm. An area of strength for the gold, obviously, with with so many, you know, such depth at, uh, you know, six, seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat O'Toole had a nice game. Um, and uh, Liam Helm uh, Ames, a second rower, again, uh, another foreign player. I think he's a Kiwi. Um he scored as well. So, and Sebastiano Villani, I talked Villani, I talked about him earlier, yes. you know, a rookie um, that was drafted this year. They're the number two pick in the draft. He scored as well. So gives you a little indication that the distribution and the variety of ways in which the, the um, gold scored um, gives it real promise. And, and you like to see that out of your preseason game. Very good. I wanted to ask you, what is the identity of the NOLA gold yeah. team? Like what type of rugby do they ideally want to play? Would you want the official line or the unofficial line? <laughs> um, I want the. You know what? Give me both, just real quick. Okay. So, so if you, yeah, if you ask me what the official line is, Nola grit, Nola gold, right? But um, uh, honestly, I think it's it hinges on great forward play. Uh, okay. The Nola gold in the past couple of seasons have had one of the best scrums in the league, and I and and I don't expect them to be diminished at all with some additions. They they brought in two foreign players at the proposition. They're of course developing. Um, some uh, some young American props, you know, obviously mm-hmm. Matt Harmon, a, a, a capped eagle. Uh, yes. You got Dino Waldron, who's been in the mix. You got, you know, Doc Ira, who's, you know, uh, an older guy, but um, kind of is is that mentor that shepherd uh, for a lot of those guys in a lot of different ways. Um, and then, you, of course, got Eric Harmon in the front, or sorry, um, Eric Howard in the front row, and you got, uh, you know, Pat O'Toole in the front row. And you know, so you just got this plethora of talent that you've added now into two, you know, with these two uh, experienced props that are going to be able to anchor both the loose and the tight. So I expect that to say the same again. Liam McCallum Evans, uh, Ames, excuse me, will, you know, be able to go up and fetch that ball, as will Cam Dolan. Um, so I really expect solid uh, forward play again, uh, a good, solid um 
platform from which to launch an attack. That's the big question for me is will the back line be dynamic? We've got Taylor Howden as the attack coach there. And I love Taylor. I think he's a great coach. And I think he'll, he'll, he, he's the right guy for that job. The question is, is can those boys execute? Can they find some chemistry in that back line um, to, to produce tries? Cause I think that's where they were a bit short is finding ways to score tries in some of those tight games where they needed scores. So, um, We'll, you know, we'll see, but that that's, that's, I think going to be the hallmark good forward play. And then can't the big question mark is, can the back line be dynamic enough to score some tries? Gotcha. I think uh, the free tracks are kind of in the same boat. I mean, obviously with the South African head coach, we want to have that physicality transition play is huge for the free jacks. And, and, and some of the question marks do result uh, revolve around the backs, specifically the fly half position for the free jacks this year with the exiting of Bodin Waka and yeah. Jason Patras coming in is can that type of dynamic play be replicated? If not, can we be serviceable enough in the fly half position to do what we want to do? So uh, that is a big storyline. Another big storyline coming into this game is, you know, we talked about him earlier, Douglas Fife the third, as we like to call him around here, was traded down to NOLA in the offseason. I know that you've got some, you know, uh, inside connections down there in NOLA. What are they saying about his arrival down there, and do you expect him to have a big game against his former team? Well, I, uh, the word is they're very excited to have him in there, obviously. I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things, you know, we, we saw the exit of a, of, of a couple different players this year. Um, and um, one of them was Nick Feeks, who played on the wing for the gold. He obviously missed out on the 2021 season, came in in 2022 um, and, and played, you know, played well. But I think uh, Dougie Fife has the ability to uh, take that level of play up a notch. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you want a guy at the wing who – pins his ears back when the opportunity presents itself and can get across that line to score those important tries. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's one of those guys. It's a nice one-two punch with he and Harley Wheeler on the other side. Harley Wheeler's, um, you know, he's dynamic, but he's, he's, he's a physical winger, right? And mm -hmm. it's a, it's a nice compliment to have a guy like Dougie Fife, who's pretty good feet, who can find those gaps in spaces. And then you have a guy that can be physical and um, really, uh, you know, punish his opposition with his physical style of play. So, um, I'm, we're excited to have Dougie down there. Uh, you should be excited to have him for sure. He's one of the best free jacks of all time. It's a shame he wasn't able to retire with the free jacks at some point. But, I mean, it's still possible, I suppose. He could do a little stint in NOLA and come back. But uh, you never know. Um, we talked about this the last time you were on, but maybe some Rangers didn't catch that one and are really tuned in right now since week one is approaching. Give us some travel tips for all the Rangers that are heading down there. Any general recommendations yeah. and just uh, what, what should they expect down there in NOLA? Yeah, well, first of all, reach out to to my guys. There's, um, you know, uh, uh, Matt Austin and Max and and um, well, my guy Benji's taking a bit of a backseat this year, but um, but reach out to the Gold Diggers first of all. Uh, the Nola fans are, if not anything, they love to entertain out of towners, right? And they'll welcome you with open arms, and and they'll they'll love the banter, but at the end of the day, they love the fact that. There are fans coming down that love rugby just as much as they do. And so seek out the NOLA Gold Diggers. Um, I'll be down there actually for the Seattle game with my wife. And we expect uh, to, to have a you know, crawfish boil, um, which is what I had the last time I was down there. And that mm -hmm. was outstanding. Um, one of the hallmarks and one of the things that I'm going to be doing, and I can't wait to take my wife down when we go down there and share this with her, uh, not necessarily connected to the game, uh, but connected to New Orleans is going down on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, probably for us, it's going to be Saturday 
uh, to the French market. Have some breakfast, sit and have a little bit of coffee, watch people go by, you know, it's full of activity in the morning, go and do a little street shopping there, you know, through the French market and and just kind of enjoy the ambiance of being in downtown New Orleans near the French Quarter and the French market. I think that's one of the things you got to try. And then a restaurant that's always been tipped off to me by the Falcons, by Sheila and Dan Falcon is Gris Gris. Uh, Check out Gris Gris. You have an excellent meal there. True, uh, you know, in true Bayou fashion. Um, check out Grigory if you have an opportunity. Uh, you won't be, you know, you won't be let down at all by that. Perfect. I appreciate that. I think next year, uh, Caitlin and I will be going down to New Orleans. If obviously they'll, well, I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. Is New Orleans going to be on uh, a Western Conference team next year with Miami's arrival? Who knows? But hopefully the Free Jacks will be playing down there in NOLA. If that is the case, I think Caitlin and I, you know, marked that one on our list as one that we want to check out for sure. So that should be exciting for us. But for, I know some Rangers are heading down there. Obviously, Marty, Mardi Gras is coming up too. So that kind of, yeah. You know, you got the the basically that would be like the pregame exactly. Yeah, nice, uh, nice uh, bucket hat there. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of like the pregame. The game is the pregame for Mardi Gras. So I'm sure a lot of uh, Rangers will be excited about that. Let's talk about in the off season on this show. You gave us your way too early prediction of ten and six for your Nola Gold. You also said they will finally make the playoffs, which I'm sure is an internal goal that they have. Are you standing by those predictions as we head into Week One? No, I'm going to increase it. <laughs> I'm going 11 and five. I'm going 11 and okay. five. Okay, um, I love I think it. With some of the, some of those additions that they've made, um, and just kind of getting a little sneak peek at the preseason, and knowing that Kane Thompson will leave no stone left unturned to, as well as GM Ryan Fitzgerald, to reach that goal. I, I don't know that I've seen a general manager and a, and a head coach as focused on a goal as those two guys have been. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I know that around the league, GMs and coaches, that's their goal. But, you know, um, I, um, Fitzy, you know, when going into the draft uh, was, was clinical. Mm-hmm. He knew he, he, he got a, for example, he saw Sebastiano Villani um, get in a, in a workout, uh, yep. brought him down. Villani said, you know, Hey, Tomorrow, you know, I can't stick around tomorrow. I'm going out to Utah because they want to have a look at me. Um, and and that was Fitzy's uh, kind of mark to say, okay, Utah is interested. This is our guy. We want him. He is going to be an impact player for us for a long time. Yes. I got to do everything in my power to get him. And so he made some trades to get up to number two so that he could take before Utah and so that he could take Volani because he knew that, that you know, that Utah would take him. And um, – you know, sure as sure as a dog, you know, poops outside, or at least uh, some dogs, mine doesn't. Um, you know, the, 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 there is a video released of uh, Brandon Sparks, general manager from Utah, actually talking about Volani wanting to get him in mm-hmm. some of their pre-draft, and um, you know, of course, Ryan Fitzgerald beat him to the punch. So right. that's the kind of, I mean, that's the kind of preparation he goes through. And I know Kane Thompson is the same. I talked to some of the boys. I talked to Matt Harmon one time. He goes, "I've never been as fit as 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 I have been when I worked with Kane." in the off season. That was the best Bronco time I've ever had. He, wow. he prides himself on, on having a fit team. And so, you know, I think those two things, those two stories tell for me, uh, you know, give me that sneak peek into their, you know, to their mentality and what they want out of um, the, you know, their team this season. 
I love it, man. You know, we've talked about this previously on this show is I really appreciate Nola's approach to the draft and wanting to develop American talent. I think that is very noble. Uh, and I really do it. I hope to a certain extent, obviously I want the free Jacks to beat Nola every single time they play, but I want you guys yeah. to be successful in that mentality because I think it is what we're all trying to do in terms of developing American talent, having us ready for the world cup when we're on the world stage making sure that those players perform the best that they can and win a couple games. Wouldn't that be nice at a world yeah. cup at, at home? So yeah, that, that, that is very, very noble. I'm pulling for uh, Nola to do that sort of thing. And I did finally see uh, your general manager, Ryan there on the rugby wrap up. And he does seem like a really nice, very down to earth, awesome guy. So I can't wait to meet him at some point. We talked about that previously. Um, let's talk about, let's get down to brass hacks here. The last two questions, very, very important to this segment. How does Nola beat the free Jacks at home? Oh, like I said before, good forward play. Yeah. Uh, providing those platforms both in scrum and the line out uh, to launch attacks, you know, using Rodney's, Rodney Iona's vision uh, to spring loose those midfielders, you know, JT, JP Duplessis, um, you know, physical uh, midfielder, you know, with a combination of, of him and, you know, a, uh, uh, a guy like Ross Depperschmidt um, mm -hmm. and then getting it out to the wings. Um, but uh, th that's going to be the, the critical piece. And I think the other piece is keeping the penalties down. That was, that's been an Achilles heel on occasion uh, in the right parts of the field. Right. right. You know, they, they've, they've committed penalties, not the numeric uh, amount of penalties compared to other teams that they've done, you know, committed more penalties necessarily or across the season or across a game. It's where they commit mm -hmm. them. Um, that's been critical and let teams in. So um, I think those are a couple of keys to the game. I'll tell you, in the, obviously it was a preseason game, so you can't take too much out of it, but with the Free Jacks' only preseason game down there in Houston, I witnessed with my own eyes them shooting themselves in the foot and you know wasting opportunities, which is not like the Free Jacks, and also having a hard time at the breakdown with the counter-ruck of Houston. So you're talking about forward play. I mean, that could, come, that could be a huge factor yeah. in the game. So the Free Jacks really have to watch themselves here. This is a team that won 10 games in a row last year, looked absolutely unbeatable at times, but they're not you know, they're not beyond uh, losing a game. And I hope it doesn't happen at the very beginning of the season. That would be a huge bummer. But final question for you, Rob, what is your score prediction for this game? Well, I have to pick the gold, obviously, uh, but Fair. I'm going no, no gold by six. I think it'll be a great contest. Um, but ultimately, um, I think the gold are, are going to be fit. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. It's going to be, I think it's going to be warmer than expected down there. Um, and, you know, I think for teams that are coming out of, even though uh, the Free Jacks are, are in a dome and they're practicing in the dome, it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's colder, colder temps. Um, you go down to the bayou, man, and, and that, that weather can get hot and can get suffocating. Mm -hmm. uh, and our boys, our boys are accustomed to that. They've been, they've been yes. in that training environment. And so I think that's going to give them a, a bit of an edge. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. I really appreciate you being on here, Hammer. Thank you very much for My your pleasure. time. We'll say one word to get out of here. At least I can say it. You don't have to say it. You're a Nola Gold fan. <laughs> In three, two, one, huzzah. Huzzah, huzzah Rangers. That's a good huzzah that Doc yeah. has. Yeah, Really good. Like yeah. the Doc intro. That's a good one. That's a good one right there for sure. Um, welcome to the Jax Rangers show. We are doing our very first of 2023 week one NOLA preview, guys. So if you're new to the show, what we do here is prior to the game, we do a little segment here that kind of breaks down the opponent, 
Not much to talk about in terms of previous games. Obviously, the first game of the season, we give our key to the game and our prediction. So, uh, David, we, you know, here, Dave uh, is here with us. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't say that at the beginning. Uh, Diamond Dave's here with us, breaking down NOLA. So, what I've got for NOLA, I always like to give like a little, like where they are in the standings, that sort of thing. So, it's the first game. I wanted to go back and give everybody a little history lesson, real quick. Mm. New Orleans finished fifth in the Eastern Conference last season with 25 points, four wins and 12 losses with 358 points, four and 517 points against. That is a point differential of minus 159. Interestingly enough, prior to last season, the Jacks had never beaten NOLA, but they finally broke that losing streak against NOLA by winning both games against them last season in 2022. It was a bit of a nervy affair in week one, if you remember last season. Um, Bozo and I were actually at the watch party in downtown Boston with uh, several of the players that didn't make the trip down there. Uh, I remember it was kind of cagey at first, and then they kind of broke through at the end there. But... The second game at home at Fort Quincy was an absolute ass-kicking from the Free Jacks, (laughs) just whooping up on Nola. It was fantastic to watch. Uh, This is a team that has never been to the playoffs, David. Nola Gold never made the playoffs, not once. And I think they were a founding member of the league. Is that – do you recall? I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah. I think that is correct. So, never made the playoffs. Wow. Um, So, obviously, their club's ambition is to get that monkey off their back and at least make the playoffs – maybe a deep run you know but i think the the number one goal for them is to get into the playoffs so they've taken a very you know a professional approach to the draft process their gm flies out some of these guys that he wants we know from rob the hammer hammersmith who is our um no i always want to say dc correspondent for him but the new orleans uh correspondent he uh told us that they even you know, traded away some picks or some assets to go up to uh, the number two spot in the draft position to get their guy, the future um, scrum half there. Uh, uh, sir, sir, uh, my gosh, he's an Italian kid. Um, oh. S- Sebastiano is his first name. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Villani. Yes. Sebastiano Villani. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, they, they, they really have this vision. And one of their focuses is they want to develop American talent, which is really mm-hmm. awesome. Very commendable thing. Very noble thing. Um, and they brought in some um, some really good players in the offseason. A lot of good acquisitions from their very sh- shrewd business going on down there in uh, New mm-hmm. Orleans. So I did want to go ahead and mention that uh, Rob the Hammer Hammersmith in a previous segment to this episode is very confident about his team. In the offseason, he gave us the way too early prediction of 10 and 6 and most recently in this episode he increased that to 11 and 5 is his prediction for nola gold this year yeah. um i mean obviously fan is short for fanatic right so everybody at this point in the season is super excited about their team everybody thinks they can make the mlr finals and that sort of thing but he's really going i mean 11 and 5 is is one hell of a jump considering yeah. they won four games last year so is Nola going to be the real deal this year, Dave? What do you think? I think they very well could be. Um, they are a team who people have always expected to mm-hmm. uh, do well. I guess you could say that they've underperformed a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and and maybe they would be quick to tell you that themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they they do seem to be a team where you know they, they're pretty honest with themselves um, about their performances and expectations. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're 
the focus on developing American talent, I think, is really positive for yes. the U.S. Eagles, and um, I think it's important for that model to be shown to work. If Major mm-hmm. League Rugby is really gonna, if this rising tide, you know, lifts all ships, um, right. philosophy, which I, I think it is a sound philosophy, but it, a, a real good way to prove that it is would be for them to have some success doing what mm-hmm. they're doing. Yes. If you just go through, you know, using the um, Brian Ray's American Rugby News roster here, mm-hmm. if you just look at that roster for um, NOLA and you mm-hmm. scroll down, almost every single player is USA Eagles, US Men's Collegiate All-American, USA yep. Falcons, 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 USA South Path Panthers, mm-hmm. uh, Falcons, USA Under 23, 22 Eagles caps, 63 Eagles caps, yes. five Eagles caps. You know, like they really are putting their money where their mouth is. You know, this isn't a team that's just saying they care about developing American talent. They are bringing in a ton of young American players. And, and- it, it, you know, it makes it pretty cool to watch. Yeah, and let's not be silly about it. Like, if this was the Free Jacks, if you were listing off this whole roster and it was all Free Jacks players that we were talking about, we would be beating our chest and say, we're, you know, this is the United States of America. We're Americans. We want to see American players, all of that sort of stuff, because we're we're, we're homers and things like that. So mm-hmm. we're Canada South this year. It's I'm per- As I've said on this show many times, I'm perfectly fine with it. But I, there is something to be said about that approach that they're doing, and it it. it it's, it's a team that obviously in the Eastern Conference, there are rivals. We want to beat them every single time we play them. But there's something noble about what they're doing with their approach, and I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's very um, – yeah, I, I think it shows a lot of faith in their um, their coaching group. Uh, Kane Thompson, the head coach there, mm-hmm. um, you need coaches in place who can coach those guys up. So in addition to just backing – you know those players it's also uh, uh, really a, a testament to how their ownership and management feels about the um coaching group there too i think mm-hmm. for sure i wanted to uh, make a just interesting interesting note here there's two former jacks on that nola roster i'm sure you noticed one of them is a very high profile trade of dougie fife we've i've beat that drum throughout this entire episode um, but I also wanted to mention a former free jacks first round pick kale hodgson um, has made his way to NOLA, having previously been acquired uh, by Dallas from the Free Jacks last mm-hmm. season, if you guys recall. So that'll be interesting to see um, what type of impact he may have on this game. Um, that would be terrible if he bit us in the butt uh, in this game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah two, a, two Free Jacks. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in, in starting players for their grudge matches. So we'll see if uh, right. Dougie and Kale make it into that roster. Um, you can't always do it, but uh, in my limited experience at a much lower level, guys really do light a fire under themselves when they're mm-hmm. playing their old clubs. You know, they they want to show those guys. Yep. Um, sometimes in a friendly way, and sometimes in a not so friendly way. Exactly. That, yeah. You know, they are they are the real deal. Uh, and yeah. They're hungry. Part of it is mental, right? And and if you can't get up for a game like this against your former team, not saying that any, that, that they were kicked out the door or anything like that, but mm-hmm. this is your former team. You're no longer there. You want to show them that you're good and all of that, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. Rob has told us that Nola wants to play that gritty forward dominant game. They take pride down there with their USA forwards like Matt Harmon and Cam Dolan. Um, Rob says that he wonders about the back play. 
which they have brought uh, in some really good backs like Dougie Fife and Rodney Iona. This this guy is special, man. He played inter- he plays internationally for Samoa and also was previously with the Brumbies in Super Rugby. And if you're playing with the Brumbies in Super Rugby, you can play rugby, yeah. uh, point blank, period. So um, any uh, thoughts before we get into the key to the game? Yeah, I think um, I think they have a good team to do what Rob talked about, that solid forward play. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly, uh, they have U.S. Eagles prop duo Matt Harmon and um, Dino Waldron at the yes. loose head and the tight head. Um, Dino's got 22 caps. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harmon's got five. And then backing them up in the second row, of course, Cam Dolan. Yes. Um, <clears throat> 63 U.S. Eagles caps. He is a, a stalwart, um, somebody who everybody recognizes. Um, a real also, disruptor in the lineout. Yeah, whenever whenever we've played them, it's funny to go. <laughs> you can go back and listen to our our old uh, our old shows if you want. We talk about how disruptive he is at yeah. the lineout. He's disruptive at the breakdown. He's a very high IQ player. He's also mm-hmm. about nineteen feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> um, he those arms can just get out and you know pick off a pass or steal a lineout or get into a ruck and contest when somebody didn't really think he had a shot and maybe was a little slow in support. Um, he's a very disruptive player, really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also, interestingly, I guess he's from Miami. He's one of the guys who oh. people are talking about as maybe a potential captain for that expansion team next year. So that would be, you great. know, we're yeah. a little early to talk about next season. Yeah. Uh, we're just starting this one, but uh, keep your eyes out. That's the that's the MLR uh, buzz around Cam Dolan. Who knows what he would want to do? But who, mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to move home to their, uh, you know, absolutely their, their home city and, and help start a new professional rugby club or you could be um, like nate, nate Brakeley and you know be the captain of your biggest rival you know yeah <laughs> yeah he's, he, must, he must really like new york i guess huh? <laughs> i guess so man <laughs> um damian stevens the scrum half um for nola 34 caps for namibia he's the real deal you know it's gonna be um consistent performance you're gonna see there that pairing between him and rodney iona who you already mentioned the samoan mm-hmm. Uh, with seven caps at fly half, you know, that's a pretty good nine ten channel. So you have solid forwards. Yep. Uh, Tongawea, the flanker, um, somebody to to look at. Um, he's a he's a very capable um, guy, Monty Tongawea, um, and uh, so uh, pretty solid all the way all the way through. Um, I know that Rob is not maybe not as confident in their backs as their forwards. I mm-hmm. think just more maybe a matter of known entity or not. But um, JP Duplessis, their center, is always a yep. big threat. He's a South African with a lot of experience, played for the South Africa U18 team. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Dougie Fife we already talked about. Uh, they, they've got a lot going for them. So uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I think they're a really good team for a first match. You want somebody who's really going to – push you and give you a challenge but also somebody who you 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 know you know you can defeat if you execute your game plan i think that's what we have in nola absolutely couldn't agree more on that let's move over to our key to the game and i will go first here my friend my key to the game this weekend i think you know it just could could be because we're a little rusty at this uh it took me (laughs) a long time to come up with this one right Uh, you know there's some storylines out there that we could talk about uh with the key to the game but i really want to focus on this it's been in my mind in the off season um you know bringing it back as i always do to carolina carolina football played notre dame in the bowl game right and what is uh, uh notre dame famous for they got a lot of tradition there one thing that they have as a sign in their locker room is 
play like a champion today. And they all, the, you know, the players tap that sign as they go onto the uh, the field. So I had, you know, like I said, a real tough time coming up with this week one, rusty, all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. in the first half um, in Houston, you know, obviously the team had some rust. I'm feeling some rust. There, it's a, it's a huge deal here with being pessimistic. Our fans are kind of pessimistic. If you look at the comments on certain things that we post and whatnot, people are worried about the departures of this team, and they're not. You know, they're, they these people maybe they're more casual fans than we are. They don't really know about these NPC guys that are coming in or whatever. But here's sure. the thing. I'm less concerned about that because we know that the replacements are experienced. Um, ultimately, uh, I'm concerned about the teams in the East have gotten better, mm, um, yeah. so, you know, much better than they were last year. So that's my immediate concern. Um, we know Nola has some playoff ambitions, but the Free Jacks have minimum ex- expectations. Those should be at least to make a playoff appearance, and the ultimate goal would be to hoist the shield at the very end of the year. So this is a market and fan base uh, that attention demands it to be in the mix, I think. And there's no better time to start a championship run than the first game of the season. NOLA has gotten better, no doubt, on paper. And I know I'm biased. I think we're still a little (laughs) bit better than they are. Um, And the Jacks have to go in there and play like champions today or Friday, to be more specific. So that is my key to the game. Play like a champion today. Excellent. You, you want to know mine, Phil? Of course. Keep it simple. Oh. Do the okay. basic stuff right. And there's a lot of basic stuff. Yeah. Make your tackles. Catch and pass. Forwards fold around the ruck. Right? Just nothing easy. Make Nola work and execute. And I think that uh, we're looking at a really tight match and a win for the Free Jacks. I love that. Uh, my prediction will also kind of tell the story of a tight match this will not be a blowout by any means it's on the road um mardi gras is a couple days later i'm sure there's some pre-game to mardi gras that the the guys yeah. could be distracted by let's hope that is not the case strong leadership strong uh, coaching staff there <laughs> of course so i don't anticipate that being an issue at all but uh yeah. it should be warmer than it is in new england uh right. does that play a factor perhaps um dougie fife you know, potentially a lot to prove, you know, wanting to stab the Free Jacks. Kale Hodgson wanting to stab the Free Jacks potentially uh, in the heart. So, you know, my prediction will be this. New Orleans 21, New England 28. It is a seven-point game. I think it's a tight affair. I think, you know, it might come down to the last 20 minutes, you know, but there might be some separation. I think we have a lot of depth on this team. Our coaching staff has talked to us in the offseason about building that depth. So, you know, we know that, that we are stacking a, you know, quite a few positions after this segment. We're going to go over the uh, backs breakdown and uh, position grades. And yeah. there's some areas there that they could, you know, bring guys in, fresh legs, could be a, you know, really, really good player that has an impact at the last 20 minutes and maybe gets to try over the line. And maybe the Free Jacks hold out with a nervy ending there on defense. What you got? Nice. Um well, I think when we talk about Mardi Gras and distractions, I <laughs> normally would be worried with the rugby team, you know, but would you want to go out there and hit a bar knowing that Mitch Jacobson and Joe Johnson <laughs> might be the guys who show up to drag you back to the hotel room? I sure as hell wouldn't want those guys nope. mad at me. Nope. So uh, I think I think these guys will be dialed in. Sure. And uh, 
I'm I'm really looking for. I'm sure they're looking forward to it as well. They can have mm-hmm. a little bit of fun and uh, uh, still stay focused. I imagine. Yes, it'll be a great experience for them. Uh, I'm bringing the dice back for the predictions. Oh, Very scientific. Oh. What do we got? All right. Ooh, those are big numbers. We might be looking at a blowout here. Oh man. All right. So I got thirty-three. And 24. So I got to give 33 to the Free Jacks and 24 to Nola. Okay. That's my uh, that's my prediction. Not quite Free Jacks by 90, but... <laughs> Jacks by 90 will be a hashtag that you will see on Twitter on Friday, I'm sure. We like to talk a little crap. That's just for fun, though. I mean, the official predictions are now out there in the world. Um, yep. Let me see if we got any comments here. We got a couple people. Oh, here we go. I got them filtering in. Yeah, Jack's hang, Jack's 90, hang 90, on. 90 on him. We know Chris's <laughs> prediction. Got the bozo gram. Look at Gary just going all out there with a 31 point win for the Free I like Jacks. I like, I like that, that, Gary. I like that confidence. I don't think it'll be that much of a separation between the two. And then, of course, we got Bozo with a more conservative pick here. 28-24, Jacks by foe. He loves to throw out go. that Jacks by foe. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel good about it. I think everybody is predicting us to win, which is nice. Everybody that's here joining us right now. Um, yeah, so play like champions today. Keep it simple. New Orleans 24, New England 33 is what Dave's got, and I've got 21-28 New England winning the game. It'll be nervy. I think it's going to be like last year. I think it's going to be a period of time, let's say 20, 25 minutes, where it's kind of going to be back and forth, maybe not a lot of scoring going on. Teams are trying to fill themselves out, and then the scoring will take place um, you know, maybe prior to halftime and then right after halftime. And then it's going to be more of a stalemate again. And then maybe, mm-hmm. you know, last 10, well, let's say 2015, there'll be a score by the Free Jacks. And then it'll just be an extremely nail-biter situation where the defense really has to step up to keep Nola out. Let me see here. Oh, my gosh. My boys, South Carolina hey. men's brother, love Phil uh, and all the preparation he brings to his segments. Thank you Look so much. That. Thank you so much. That is so nice. They they know I was preparing for this one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, with that being said, we're going to exit this video, guys, and we're going to jump right in to the next one, which involves our uh, backs roster breakdown and also our position grades. And I'll have to make some graphics tonight. This episode <laughs> will be coming out this evening, which is uh, February the 13th. Um, we're trying to get, get get that out there. So, all right, guys, we're going to exit the video, and then we're going to be right back in here um, kicking it off. So I've got one word for you in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. All right. Woo. <laughs> Every time, man. That's it's so an instant, good. Instant classic. They're all Huzzah. great, but <clears throat> Doc's into it. Yeah, for sure. I love that uh, brick background as well huzzah rangers this is phil harris here at the jacks ranger show i'm joined with diamond dave this is our backs uh roster breakdowns and position grades if you recall in the previous episode of the show we did go over our forwards uh roster breakdowns and position grades so if you didn't hear that one or see that one go check out the video or the previous episode which would have been preseason part three okay david um you are up here with the scrum halves tell us (laughs) how awesome that position grade is yeah um uh, so first off we have john poland returning Mm -hmm. five foot seven 170 pounds will be 27 this year 
Um, this is somebody who I identified as one of the most important returning players for the Free Jacks. Yes. Poland has been nothing but exceptional for the Free Jacks over three seasons, mm -hmm. and I'm sure his fourth season with them will be no different. Um, before he came to the Free Jacks, he was very successful uh, at the club and U20s level mm -hmm. in Ireland. Yes. Um, he won several national championships there. Um, he has a really clean, fast delivery of the ball from the back of the ruck and the scrum. He is very, very consistent. He's reliable under pressure, both like kick pressure and in the chaos of broken play. Mm -hmm. uh, he is everything you want out of a scrum half. Uh, really pleased to have John Poland coming back for a fourth season in, with the Free Jacks. Um, also I'd returning, you, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Just real quick about John Poland, like he's reaching legendary status with performances on the pitch and just his longevity with the Free Jacks. I mean, four years is nothing to turn your nose up at. I mean, that's that's an incredible, you know, start mm -hmm. to a career. And if he continues to be a Free Jack, I mean, we have to start thinking about in the future. And this is when I say we, I'm talking about the Royal <laughs> We, not the Jacks Rangers show. There, you know, at some point there's going to be some sort of Ring of Honor or some type right. of Hall of Fame for the Free Jacks. Yeah have to think of his name towards the top if he continues to wear that red white and blue and mm -hmm. perform the way that he has the thing about him is you know he flies on the radar because he's just he's not a media savvy guy which is perfectly fine nothing wrong with that but um, he doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself I don't think that's his thing perfectly yeah. fine but his he, you know his his whole talking is done on the pitch. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and he is just so consistent and, and a very nice guy, very pleasant guy. He's just, you know, he, he's, he's quiet. And yeah, I think that's why people, he, he's so good at his job. I think that's why people overlook him um, mm -hmm. ultimately. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You scrum half is a position where you, a lot of the time you notice when it goes wrong and you that's don't right. notice when it goes right. And yes. And, um, that combined with what you talked about him just uh, seeming to be kind of a quiet guy yeah um, that could be totally wrong but that's what he seems like you know to you and me both you know, yeah just somebody who's not not making a lot of noise about himself right um you know just just quietly delivering three years of great scrum half play for the free jacks <laughs> um, that's correct holden younger worth mentioning as well as a returning player 5 10 185 pounds 30 years old um he came on last year from nola so a bit of a grudge match coming up for him although i don't think you That's can true. keep john poland off the pitch That's right. um <clears throat> pardon me younger was a regular starter before he came to the free jacks uh, we're mm -hmm. really lucky to have two scrum halves who could start on a uh, other mlr team available you know competing for that starting spot keeping each other honest um he is always scrappy as a player you know really really looking for mistakes and opportunistic um he has a reputation as a really humble hard-working guy i, I heard mm -hmm. that when he moved up here you know right at it was i think it was right after the end of the mlr season or that that summer yeah um and he went to mystic the local d1 club mm -hmm. and <clears throat> just kind of walked in and hello is it okay if i you know join you guys for practice not yeah. you know no no mention of his uh, uh pedigree um and his ability and and they you know people had to kind of figure out for themselves like wait a minute is that who what what was your name again oh you know my name's holden like yeah like I just just really downplaying um his own and and not 
you know, the story wasn't told as like a sense of false humility at all. Just that that's, you know, how he would, of course, approach that just to come in. He's no different than any other player joining a club. He's there to, you know, um, keep his head down and his eyes open and, and just uh, join in that in that with some with some humility. So I, I love that story about Holden coming up and just kind of quietly walking on to a local club team. I love it too. And you remember last year we were, we were thinking that we had, you know, hit the lottery with, with him coming over, you know, because as you're saying, it's essentially two guys that could start on pretty much any MLR team now one and two or one a and one B uh, in our scrum half room. And, and there's this guy, next guy that you're going to talk about has a lot of promise as well. So I think it, I'm, I'm anticipating a big grade here, but um, I will say <laughs> this, you know, every time I see Holden, he's always like giving me a high five. He's got this huge smile on his face. When yeah. I was down in Houston, he was like, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So like he was running into the locker room after uh, warmups and like gave me this big high five. It was fantastic. Yep. Love That's the excellent. vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, finally, we have Kieran McClay. McClee? Do you know? Is it McClee or McClay? I don't know one way or the other yet. I'm going with McClay because then it rhymes with McVeigh. Almost the same <laughs> name. 5'8", 180, 25 years old. Um, uh, he is an Otago guy. Scored mm-hmm. in that Houston match uh, sure right did. after he came on. Just, mm-hmm. you know, caught caught Houston sleeping yep. at the line out and darted right through. Um, did you get a chance? I don't know a lot about him. Uh, he seems like a very good player. Did you get a chance to talk to him at all down there, Phil? I did not. No, I didn't speak to him. He might have shook my hand, but I, I, I shook a lot of guys' hands, so yeah. I don't really remember specifically him. But I will say that you know he's one of those guys that uh, is one of those up-and-coming players and, and uh, super excited to have him on the roster as maybe the third uh, scrum half. If there's an injury, you know, might mm-hmm. find his way onto the bench. But uh, yeah, I mean, he played for uh, Otago and also, you know, had a you know a possibility of making uh, I think Super Rugby. Oh, no, excuse me, it was just the Otago team. I think he played for like um, the University Area All Star team and then oh, made okay. his way onto the Otago NPC team. Yeah, Excellent. that's how it went down. Mm-hmm. Um, I give our scrum halves an A minus. I think we have some excellent returning players. Kieran yep. uh, steps into that third player role. Um, you really need to have guaranteed depth that scrum half position and he mm-hmm. gives us that with um sean Jacobian departing for yes uh, chicago, chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. we wish we wish wish sean well as long as he's not playing against us um absolutely so yeah a minus i think i think this is a very strong position for the free jacks um and mm-hmm. it sets the beginning of a, a trend for my position grades i i kind of got it got the good well i mean they're all good but i got a pretty good uh setup. yeah you got, you got i'm doing scrum halves yes centers and fullbacks so you're yep. up next with the fly halves all right so if you need to email me it's uh jack's ranger show at gmail.com so <laughs> here we go getting it Both, out of the way now oh man yes. Bozo knows what's about to happen because I showed him the graphic and try I like I, which one should you pick? And I didn't want to show it to you because I didn't want to give this away prior to yeah. the actual. So here we go. All right, fly halves. Jason Patras. Jason signed a one-year contract to join up with the Jacks. Jason is 31 years old, oldest player on the team at this point. He's from New Zealand. Um, he is six foot even and 200 pounds. Jason has played for Taranaki from age grades through sevens and then now playing 15 since 2018. Interestingly enough, he was teammates with Waka in 2018 when he was playing for Taranaki. Um, he is a highly regarded uh 
a player with great attacking ability. He won both back of the year and sevens player of the year in 2019 for Taranaki. That's really impressive stuff right there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, I spoke with him in Houston. Lovely guy. We had him on the show previously when he was right after he was announced, I believe. Uh, I believe that was me and uh, Dan from Merrimack. Dan from Merrimack, if you're watching this, we're thinking about you, pal, for sure. But uh, Jason, really, really great guy. Um, yeah, I think this experience that he has in NPC should not be taken lightly. Um, with him coming in and replacing Waka, it's obviously a very, very tough situation in terms of the fans. No Waka. You know, probably the best individual performance ever as a free jack and maybe in the entire league. So that's tough to come in here. So if he he does a howler of a kick, you know, and it, uh, people are going to be groaning in the stands a little bit like looking around like this is the guy. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think, you know, with that experience in NPC, he will be able to embrace that pressure and, and, and turn it into a diamond. Essentially, I think this guy will be a very, very good player for the Free Jacks. I also wanted to mention the next guy here, Reese McDonald. Reese signed a one-year contract to join up with the Jacks. He's 25 years old, from New Zealand as well. He is five foot nine and 183 pounds. He's a redhead, which we know on this team. We love our redheads around here, the staff do. Um, he played for Bla- Bay of Plenty in uh, 2018 in NPC, where Mike Rogers was previously a coach. From 2019 to 22, he played with Gordon in the shoot uh, shield in Australia, where he was the leading point scorer for the entire competition last year. So if you're doing something like that, you're a pretty damn good rugby player. Yeah. So here's the grade, guys. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, it's a B. It's a solid B. It's not a, you know, it's not a B minus. I considered a B minus, and I'll tell you why in a moment. The elephant in the room here is the memory of Mr. MVP <laughs> Bowden Waka. Um, Mr. MVP, as Captain Josh Larson has said, had the best individual season he's ever seen in MLR. Fans of this team fell head over heels for Waka, and now he's not on the team anymore. It's a very tough position for to be the follow-up guy. You know, following a legend is very, very difficult. Jason could come in and do a very fine job. I am predicting that for sure. And by all accounts, including from Waka himself, on this show, he talked about Jason, he will do just that. Um, Jason has the resume that we should respect um, and we should feel confident about. But I think we've value what we've seen in this league over what we potentially have heard about in other leagues i think that's fair to say for just for the most part as fans like if you're doing it in this league we believe in you and there's just a little bit of doubt of guys from coming other places even if that league happens to be better which npc in some ways is better than the mlr especially technically right yeah. we've heard that from the coaching staff that's just not us talking out of our ass um so I was ready to give this position a B minus, which may have broken the internet for Free Jack's Twitter. Mm. But then I watched Reese McDonald's highlight tape. And for all those folks out there, I think Reese himself posted it because if you look it up, it's Reese, it's like Reese McDonald's YouTube page that has it on there. Guys, if you haven't watched Reese McDonald's highlight video of his past couple years in the shield there in Australia, go watch it. This kid is a star in the making. He can make every single kick. He is shifty. He's fast. He creates opportunities for others, which is exactly what you want for a fly half. The Free Jacks may have found their fly half of the future with this kid, and I'm not even playing around. I mean, obviously, everybody's highlight tape looks great, right? But this kid has the ability to be special. 
Um, so I highly recommend everybody go check out Reese McDonald's highlight tape uh, and give this kid a chance and give Jason a chance too, because he deserves our respect based on what he's done in the NPC. Um, what you got next? Um, you know what? You know what that reminds me of as we talked about these guys, a little bit of a question mark, an unknown entity is this is how we were talking about Wayne Vanderbank and LaRue yep. Milan last That's a right. year ago. You're right. uh, as we were doing our previews for this and and look how that worked out well it worked, it worked out great out well. yeah because we're talking about the centers next and yeah. larue milan is first six foot three 210 pounds 24 just 24 young centers we have um milan picked up two namibia caps um since last we chatted about him he is ready to return and continue his play as a disruptive and stubborn midfielder um, he comes to the South African school system, Paul Boys High School in Cape Town, which I believe is Dallin Stanford School as well. Uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, that's correct. I know, mm-hmm. I know Dal is a, a school's uh, player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, LaRue then moved on to the U21 Curry Cup. Uh, he has, he runs really good lines, pretty good line breaker, had a lot of carry meters last year. Um, and he's pretty tall, six foot three. Um, his he's long limbed as well, so he's got a great offload game. Very good at getting those arms free um, and making that pass after he draws the defender. And who's he passing to? Well, Wayne Vanderbank, six <laughs> feet tall, 195 pounds, um, 24 as well. Another young guy. Um, Wayne is a Boston dude. He stuck around here in the off season. Um, he is very speedy, has quick hands. Vanderbank's an excellent center, uh, Curry Cup experience. He's returning for his second season as well. Um, last year, he and LaRue were almost inseparable. They started, mm-hmm. I think they started every match. That sounds I didn't right. double check it, but I, I think they did. I think they started every single match together. Um, they are an excellent, excellent duo. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Bodine Waka, uh, but also we have to think who's he distributing that ball to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he did tremendous work keeping defenders honest, but he also did a great job using these two guys as weapons. Um, Vanderbank's support play and defense stand out to me. He's a yeah. really excellent defender. Ben Lesage, when he was on, talked about how much running and covering the edge the 13 has to do as the outside mm-hmm. center, you know, just slightly different assignments. Um, and Wayne Vandermake was was excellent at that. Really going to kick chases too. A lot of tries scored, you know, because he was there to get the pass off whoever recovered right. that ball or supporting a turnover. And um, I'll tell you what, man, he is so hard to tackle. He like, you know, he's he's not yeah. a huge guy. You know what I'm saying? He's not like Paula Bellincano where he's just running people over. But he's just. He just bounces off of people wildly. Yeah, yeah it's it's, he, it's pretty interesting to watch. He has a he seems to have really good balance, and mm-hmm. um, he keeps his hips really square so that his legs can drive up field. Um, and it makes it means that if you don't really finish that tackle, he's literally going to run out of your tackle. You know, it's not even a matter of just bumping guys off or winning a big collision. He has really good mechanics um, through contact. Uh, really fun to watch. Good and just good something. Yeah, just something real quick about uh, LaRue before we proceed. Um, he is one of the best on social media with interacting with the show. Um, and it, I, I will never forget that try that he scored, that winning try down there in New Jersey. Um, it's one of my favorite Free Jacks moments of all time, uh, for sure. So yeah. um, really excited to see what LaRue can do, maybe not potentially 
at the NOLA game, but we'll just have to see about that. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ben Lesage. We've talked about Ben and interviewed Ben recently a lot. Uh, he's one of the marquee signings for the Free Jacks this year. Um, six foot tall, 215 pounds, 28 years old, Canadian, experienced Canadian winger uh, or and center, rather. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why I wrote winger. It's literally in my notes. Look at that. That's hilarious. I gotta fix it. Or it's gonna drive me crazy. You're pulling. You're pulling a Phil Harris right now. Yeah, experienced Canadian center <clears throat> with either 27 or 28 caps, depending on whether you trust the Free Jacks site or uh, Brian Ray. I think no, no insult to the Free Jacks webmaster, but I think I trust Brian Ray. Um, <clears throat> he has played uh, in Toronto and then in LA. He has a lot of leadership experience a huge engine he seems to always be sprinting um wherever he's going on the field like he's moving in a hurry it's really impressive mm -hmm. impressing uh impressive one of those words uh one of the most valuable pickups this year we're really fortunate to have had uh larue milan and wayne vanderbank available for the whole season last year and yeah. now we have added to that ben mm -hmm. lesage as another player who is you know uh, on that same level um, competing for those positions, pushing them forward, and providing breathing room and cover uh, for injuries and rest. Uh, our last center is Spencer Jones, six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds, twenty six years old. Jones can play fly half, so he's kind of I mm -hmm. would guess is our third choice fly half if we needed him there. Um, we are much more likely to see him in the centers, and they've talked about him as a center. He's listed as, a, a, I think, a center fly half on the mm -hmm. website. He has six caps for Canada. Uh, it was one of the pickups from the Arrows this offseason. Um, he is a West Coast guy. He's from Vancouver, um, so maybe he hates Eastern Canada. I made that up, but um, <laughs> that's my, that's or my maybe... guess for why he came down. Toronto is truly the development team for the Free Jacks, and he just moved his, you know, he played That's so right. well that he just he, had to be moved up to the big yeah, scene. He earned his promotion. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> he has a fantastic mullet. Uh, <clears throat> TK was actually pretty excited about this guy. He, he said, you know, don't don't sleep on him. Don't think just because we have these other great centers that he's just a guy there to be injury cover. Um, uh, and he's he's I've seen him in uh, a lot of a lot of the you know some of the pictures and things training camp and he's he's out there working hard and busting his hump Phil I think we have two fantastic returning centers yes. we have added Ben Lesage and Spencer Jones to yes. um, give us give us even more um, depth there some of our wings can play center I know that you'll uh, you'll be talking about we are in yes. really good shape in the centers and I gave us an A I love it if it was me, I think I would have given an A-plus on this, David, but I, I respect the uh, solid A. I think this is the best position on the entire team in terms of depth and talent. Um, you're not talking about players that are trying to prove themselves or promising talent. All of those guys have proven it at the MLR level. All of those guys, except for one, are internationals, and it's not Wayne Vanderbank's fault. He was just born in South Africa, and those are some <laughs> of the best players in the world, right? So right. maybe we see him in the USA jersey at some point in the future. I'm just that, saying. That'd um, be neat. That would be great. Um, He's but, only 24, turning 20. He might not even be yeah. 24. He's turning 24 this year. Mm -hmm. I didn't check his month. 
um, yeah, young, a lot of, lot of career ahead of him. And Milan sure. as well, 24 as well. The the two new guys are older than our returning players. It's kind Crazy. of a, a funny paradigm when that happens. I don't know. Absolutely. The wealth of the center position just cannot go understated. It is the best in the team, I think, and also maybe the best in the league. You know, we were talking about the flankers probably the best in the league. Maybe the hookers in, in uh, position group and the free jacks probably the best in the league. How can you overlook centers as the best in the league? All four of those guys are absolute killers, man. We should be fired up about this. And some of them can play wing. Some of them can play uh, fly half. Mm -hmm. It is insane. And by the way, the storyline that we talked about last year on this show is that the, wing, uh, the center group was completely unproven. It was a huge question mark. There was no returning right. players. TK has completely turned this center room around with excellent four players that would start on any team in MLR. It is wild. Um, it's just so impressive. And with that being said, I'm going to move over to the wings. Uh, All right. First one we got up here, uh, Paula Bellincana. Paula uh, re-signed for the Jacks in the 2023 season. He is the grizzled veteran of this bunch. He is the human tr uh, truck stick. I saw that he is, still has the ability in Houston where he was just running people over and giving defenders fit. He, uh, fits. He's 29 years old. He's from uh, Fiji. He's 5'11", 225 pounds. He was traded to the Jacks from Houston and started in 12 games and scored six tries in 2022. He is a serious threat with ball in, in hand in 2021 for Houston he had 147 carries forget this 1421 meters that's a lot of meters mm -hmm. he was first in the league in both line and tackle breaks he is an instant starter when healthy if he can do you know uh, let's say three quarters of the form that he had in 2021 then he might be in contention for the best back in the entire league. Uh, that's how good this guy can potentially be uh, and wh what he has been before. So that's just extremely promising. I think he's, uh, like I said, an instant starter. The other guy that I'm so high on right now, it's it's crazy, uh, is Zach Bastris. Zach's promising play in 2022 was rewarded with a two-year contract extension. He was the third-round pick from the 2021 Collegiate Draft, the only remaining draftee for the Jacks remaining on the team from 2021. He was drafted 34th overall. And if you know anything about New England sports, the fans around here love those late-round gems, and that's exactly what we have on our hands here. This kid is going to be a star. Uh, Zach played his college rugby at the University of Northern Colorado and has really shined. He did shine at the uh, USA Rugby High Performance Pathways Camp. He was selected as a starter on the wing in the preseason game in Houston. Uh, he, uh, let's see here, last season Puma, uh, as he is called by the team, was the fastest player in the squad. I know our friends at Rugby Pick'em think this kid could be a star in this league, and I absolutely I'm starting to believe it as well. I expect him to have a breakout season this year because, you know, last year it was cut short because he was injured. I think he had a, a broken mm -hmm. collarbone, so it kept him on the sidelines there. But um, if he can do what he did last season, those flashes of just brilliance, um, I remember that high ball catch that he caught for a try uh, in the, the try zone. I think that was against Nola. Just stunning stuff, man. Like, he, he's a special one for sure. 
And I'm so glad the Free Jacks got this guy because, like, that storyline, it's for real in New England, like, late-round pick, like a Tom Brady type or yeah. uh, Wes Welker, you know, all of those guys, hardworking, you know, humble people. Just that they, they blow you away with talent on the field, though. And everybody, every, all the GMs are looking around like, how did I not pick this guy up, you know? So, all right, uh, te, uh, Tenanella Filimone, um, he uh, signed for a one-year deal with the Jacks for the 2023 season. He is 23 years old. He's from Tonga. He's six foot even and 216 pounds. He has represented his home country at the under-20s level as well as Bay of Plenty. There's that uh, Mike Rogers connection. The, uh, most recently, he was at the Turbos with Slade McDowell in NPC. Mike Rogers has described him as a excitement machine with raw speed and athleticism he is also described as being uh, on the fringes of super rugby and an international call-up for tonga so um another young gun in the back line it was one of the guys i can't remember specifically which one actually called him out and said he was doing a fantastic job and you know this is a guy that we should be looking at as uh, as someone that could break out this season and have a great season last but not least we've got isaac olsen Isaac has signed a one-year deal with the Jacks for the 2023 season. He is 22 years old, a Canadian. He's six foot three and 225 pounds. He played for the Canadian under-20s and has earned his uh, one cap for the Canadian national team at the high level. They're the senior team. He played in 33 minutes and three matches for the Jacks in 2022. He is described as a player with exponential potential and we like to hear that on the free jacks for sure with some of these guys that uh may not you know be starting but are just kind of working on their craft uh got their head down and trying to be the best rugby player that they can possibly be with this position group david i'm giving them a b plus uh paula returning gives them a, gives me a lot of confidence and i want to believe that the puma zach bashers will continue to shine with a full season under his belt uh Taniella will uh provide great depth at the position and isaac could be one for the future at the position overall i feel very good about the wing room heading into 2023 keep in mind some of these guys can also play um center and mitch wilson can also slot in at to wing if needed so there's a lot of you know utility backs that can play other positions if there's injuries and stuff like that so i feel really good about the wing position heading into 2023 what you got for fullback um, well, this one is uh pretty quick, just a couple <laughs> guys to talk about. But first and foremost, we have to talk about uh, our returning best friend for life, friend of the show, Mitch Wilson, five foot nine, 175, 27 years old. Last year, we said Mitch really could be an eagle, and now we say three <laughs> cap eagle, Mitch Wilson. Love it. Um, he won the Minuteman Award last year, um, which is the sort of hard work dedication embodiment of free jacks ideals yes um their most prestigious award that they mm -hmm. give out each year um he always competes at 110 percent. he's elite under the high ball of course he's an excellent finisher too um he earned the nickname iron man uh from me for his habit of shrugging yes. off big hits right after a catch so you know mm -hmm. those kicks there's always somebody chasing them and if the if the kicker usually a fly half if, if they're timing it right and putting it in the right spot you're really under a lot of pressure right after you sure. catch that ball there's somebody who's on their way to drill you and i love the way that mitch just he would just shrug those guys off i mean literally like yeah. they just kind of he just shed the tackler while he's 
standing in place and then take off. It was really fun to watch. He could take anything. Um, he can also do a little bit of everything like Iron Man, you know. So he is uh, really a fan favorite. He's somebody who um, a lot of supporters have gotten around. The team uh, clearly really have a lot of appreciation for him as well. Um, he could do probably anything. If they started Mitch at flanker, I think I would just go, okay, well, <laughs> all right. I, I um, would love to see it. I think that, you know, I'd say, I, I'd say he can probably do it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know why, it. but I, I trust there's a plan and I believe in his ability to execute it. Um, he is from Sydney, Australia, but he moved to the U S as a teenager. So yep. he's, you know, he's, um, somebody who's been, been in the U S for a long time. Um, went to Life University. He's connected with that, that Life social group. He talks about, mm -hmm. you know, how fun it is to travel around and, and see those guys who he knows from school and from, from playing down there. So Mitch is, uh, we're very, very fortunate to have him coming back. Um, really excited to see what he does this season. Also in the fullbacks, we have Willis Goodwin at 5'10", mm -hmm. 165, just 24 years old this year. Um, he doesn't have a team page yet. But you and I both noticed him in the Houston game. Yes. We talked about it when we impromptu reviewed the Houston game the other night. Yeah. We just kind of came up and we ran with it. Um, yep. He is very quick. He had the chutzpah to back himself in his first MLR match, you know, right on. He was like three on one, and he was just like, nope, I'm just going to dance around a little bit in my 22 and then go on a good run. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, was with the USA Falcons tour in Uruguay last year. Uh, he played for the Chicago Lions sevens team. Chicago Lions, mm -hmm. one of the top club teams, top yes. rugby clubs in in America. Um, very, very well known. Um, he has uh, he played club and college rugby at the same time, I believe. If I was incredible. If I was interpreting his DJ Coyle article correctly, um, where he you know he ran track, he played uh, rugby at university, and then I think he uh, he also continued playing for his club team that he had played on uh, i like that i like Me him too. Um, i'm excited to have him joining us in the fullbacks um i am giving us an i said an a minus okay um i know there is some other cover from fullback around other positions to only having two like dedicated fullbacks on the team sheet um, makes me a little bit nervous, but um, thus the minus, I think. It's just my own anxiety yeah. shining fine. through a little bit. But uh, very happy with these guys and looking forward to what they can do this year. Well, I mean, listen, what, I'm, with Mitch, like, what can you say that hasn't already been said? You know, the guy, the... <laughs> The man with a thousand nicknames, but I think the one that shines <laughs> through is Iron Man, truly. Um, just one of my favorite Free Jacks of all time. And, and you know, I, I go back to that um, the the theme reveal from last year where we were just kind of awkwardly, uh, you yeah. know, at our own table. And Mitch Wilson, you know, just beelines directly for us as soon as we as he walks through the door and is just chatting us up. Just to have, you yeah. know, like we were long friends. Yeah, and, we had uh, no idea what to expect going in right. there. We were talking about like, okay, this is really cool. Yep. No clue what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we were just kind of waiting at our table, and he he definitely came right over. That's right. I'll never forget that. You know, just his – I don't know, man. Like, he, he's just – 
a, such a nice guy, like truly a nice guy. And he's got that coaching ability because we coached at Dartmouth for a mm-hmm. while there with the Free Jacks, helping those uh, those guys out up there. And I just think, you know, we have not seen the best of Mitch Wilson yet. No way. Like I, last year was just a breakout season for him. Obviously, his performance has earned him uh, some uh, three Eagle caps, which is fantastic. And now he's probably going to be the starting 15 after Dougie Fife, uh, you know, well-known departure from the Free Jacks. And you just feel good about what's going to take place with him. And like I said, I don't think the best – we haven't seen the best yet to come. So that's super excited about that. But this other kid that you're talking about, uh, Willis uh, Goodwin, which sounds like a fake name, by the way. But... It, it does. It's, it's definitely a novel name. Like that's the name of a character in a book. Yes, for sure. Uh, one thing about that that kid is like we know that the Free Jacks, because TK talked about it, they brought in some guys. I think um, Wills helped out with this process of identifying guys that weren't drafted but could have mm-hmm. you know made a roster perhaps. They brought a bunch of these guys in. I, I call them camp bodies essentially, where they're they're helping the practices along. They're they're just participating. Some of the guys are just there, and this is their you know this is their cup of coffee, so to speak. And he essentially has made it through that group and is now going to be either a development player or I think he signed on, signed on fully with the Free Jacks. So that is really something to be said because there was quite a few of those camp body guys and he was one of the best ones that has now earned a contract, whether it be development or full time. And uh, when I saw him in person in Houston, I was like, oh, this kid's got something for sure. Uh, he might be the fastest guy on the team. I would love to see a race between him and Puma because uh, his, his speed is legit. Yeah. So, and I love that Excellent. confidence as you were talking about it, that three on one situation. Like the kid just backs himself. He's, you know, this is his first, you know, MLR game and it's a preseason game. He's like, to hell with that. I'm just going to go. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, right. that's, we got some good grades. Got some good ones. Yeah. I think the worst in the entire bunch is a B. And yeah. listen, where I come from, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, you're doing fine with a B. Absolutely. So. All right, that is going to wrap her up here for the backs position. Uh, I keep messing this up. Backs, break, roster breakdown, and position grades. That's the best it's going to get. Uh, so with that being said, I got one word for you. In three, two, one, huzzah. huzzah. All right. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Continue to interact with us on social media. Please do give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. And if you have a couple spare moments, go over to our Facebook page and give us a five-star review on there. We would greatly appreciate that. Really enjoyed our conversation with new center Ben Lesage. He's a fantastic addition to this Free Jack squad. And also just wanted to give a shout out and a special thank you to our New Orleans correspondent Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. Make sure you go check out the Rugby Rant and listen to his Gold Diggers podcast. We really appreciate him continuing to come on to the show, lend us his expertise about his team, the New Orleans Gold. If you're listening to this on or prior to the 16th of February, the day before the our Free Jacks first game against NOLA, make sure you head over to Twitter Spaces at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where we will be hosting very informal Ranger Tavern discussing the game against NOLA and also just any MLR topics that anybody wants to bring up. With that being said, Jacks by 90, go Free Jacks, beat NOLA, saddle up, let's ride, and huzzah! Woo!